Hi, I'm Judith Dreyer. Thank you for joining me for this podcast series, The Holistic Nature of Us. My intent is to take us, you and I, into a better understanding of the concepts behind our holistic nature and how that ties directly to the holistic nature of the world around us. How can we connect the dots in practical ways that we are nature and nature's in us? I will be featuring authors and educators, practitioners and others, whose passion for this earth helps us create bridges. We'll see what's trending, what's relevant to our world today, not just for land use, but to connect the dots between ourselves and nature. It's time for practical action and profound interchange so our natural world is valued once again. And today, I'm delighted to introduce you again to Janet Verney. Jan, this is Janet's second time here on The Holistic Nature of Us, and she's a wealth of knowledge about creating delicious food and an abundant lifestyle. She's a certified integrative health uh, I'm sorry, she's certified in integrative health and specializes in women's wellness. As the wellness designer, she creates fun and educational programs for women around the world. Welcome, Janet. I'm, it's a pleasure, and I'm delighted to have you back again. Oh, thank you so much, Jude. This is a, I just enjoy doing this so much. Janet is an author of a book called Roots to Wellness, and I'd like, Janet, if you would please just give us a little bit of your background and creating the book and your passion for creating good food and a, an abundant lifestyle. Absolutely. So Roots to Wellness actually um, bloomed from a chronic illness that I have had for over 30 years. And I was quite sick on medications and machines. And as a result of um, you know really working hard to optimize my health, I did a number of different things, and you know that can be a story in itself. But the book bloomed as a result of that, and I, over the years, really developed sort of a methodology, if you will, for healing, and it included things like um, unearthing what's at the root cause of disease, um, weeding out any obstacles that are at the, you know, that are standing in your way to good health, and also then nourishing yourself back to really good health. So those those are the things that, you know, really worked for me and then in the end, you know, you're blooming wonderful health and it got me literally off of all my medications and machines. And that in itself is a huge accomplishment. I, I'm a nurse, a retired nurse. I've worked in the field of oncology. I've seen very serious illnesses and it takes incredible inner diligent effort to, to switch around or to turn around a major illness is what which is what you did and which is why I find you so inspiring because you make some of the steps practical we still have to do them we still have to take action but if we understand things in smaller bites and in practical ways it can make a huge difference in the long run and yeah. that's what I appreciate about your you know your message well, thank you so much. Yeah, we had talked, I think, on our last um, podcast about how important gut health is. And, you know, that was a major role, you know, played a major role in my health. And and those things take time. I mean, we don't deteriorate our, our gut um, in, in just an overnight situation. It's, it's years of not eating right or eating on the run or, you know, um, your stress levels, etc. So I think that it's, in this world, we are so focused on pop a pill and make it better. 
and it's you have to do the work I tell people people who want to work with me if you're in that mode where all you want to do is pop a pill to make it better then that's that's not going to work you know long term for you and so you really have to start making those small changes over time to really begin to get your health back and it does take some time um, which is what I think most people don't realize but it when you do it you're you're just the joy and the positivity in life is just so rich as a result of doing that work it's true I know there's a lot of coaches out there on all different levels and recently a family member is looking into uh, a business coach for leadership skills and to understand the the pluses and the minuses from a leadership point of view because this person runs a company um, yes. and the woman that they want to work with is at excellent she's got an excellent reputation but you know what she says to them if you're not serious I'm not working with you exactly. and I I can appreciate that from a health point of view I also have a story of how I turned around a, a serious chronic illness and it took time but it was so worth it at the end of the road you know absolutely it makes all the difference well, Janet just shared with me that she's written an article called Thankfully Healthful Feast. I love the title. She's uh, <laughs> writing it for the Haddam Killingworth News here in Connecticut. And I'd love her to go over some of her key points in this article because the holidays are here. And one of the reasons I've invited Janet back is to share some great tips for healthy eating, for positivity, and feeling good and enjoying our family time because it's an intense time. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, well, some of, you know, one of the things that I absolutely love are the flavors of fall. I mean, I I grew up in a Pennsylvania Dutch household and, you know, a grandmother who made the best apple pies on the earth. And, you know, often we had apple pie for dinner, we had apple pie for breakfast, and, you know, so it was really something that was part of my childhood. But as a result of you know my illness and and working towards healing over time and so much of um, disease begins with in, too much inflammation in the body so one of the things that that I recognize at the holiday time is when it comes to the food in my life I need to make it healthier and I need to get rid of some of the gluten I need to reduce some of the sugars and the refined ingredients. I really try to work from a whole food perspective. Um, so keeping things as simple as possible is important, but cleaner ingredients is critical for me. So removing those starchy carbohydrates, things that are going to spike inflammation and blood sugar, um, are all things that I really work to avoid. So I've, I've remade some recipes, which I will be happy to share with you. But before I do that, you know, one of the things that I really feel is important around, especially Thanksgiving, which is upcoming for us in the U.S., is the fact that it really is so much more about gratitude and family and friendships than it is about food. Even though the food is pretty spectacular, um, it's, it's really so important to me to be with family and friends and just spend a time enjoying their you know, companionship. So for me, I mean, one of the things that I think is so fun to do, and you can do this at any party, but I think it's especially good at Thanksgiving, is if you're going to have a sit-down dinner, having 
a, a small jar or um, a cup at each place setting with the person's name on it, and then giving each guest some pieces of paper where they can write down either what they're thankful for about that person or what they find or what they appreciate most about that individual. And it could be anything from, if it's somebody you really don't know well, like you've got a mixed group or mixed guest, it could be just that you love their sweater, that their sweater is beautiful or their blue, you know, their blue eyes are absolutely stunning. Or it could be something more in depth about how they were so supportive to you when you lost a loved one and how they came to your rescue with, you know, food or what have you. And then all of those little pieces of paper get folded up and put into this little thankful jar. Um, and then they can either be read aloud and shared at the beginning of the meal or at the end of the meal, or they could be kept for private and you could read them when you get home. However, somebody, you know, feels more comfortable doing it. But I think that when we focus on gratitude and what we're thankful for and the friendships, in my opinion, that that's first and foremost. Mm -hmm. Um, so, and then next I would say is trying to keep stress down. Um, so holidays can be very stressful and oftentimes, you know, these meals can take a lot of preparation and I'm a big believer in trying to do things in one bowl um, and also keeping it really super simple and not making a huge fuss out of it, but yet keeping it healthy and clean. Mm -hmm. So... If you'd like, I'd be happy to share some of my, I, you know, the recipes that I are some of my favorites. Well, how about if you could give us an example of a one bowl that could be appropriate for, say, a Thanksgiving day or weekend with lots of company? Yeah, absolutely. So one of my favorite foods at Thanksgiving are sweet potatoes. And, of course, they're a super, super powerhouse type food. Um, you know, they are anti-inflammatory and they've got all that beta carotene and I mean, they're just so full of vitamins and nutrients. So I'm a big believer in sweet potatoes, but unfortunately we criminalize them with heavy fats and butter and, you know, sugar and we're adding sweet to sweet. And although I like sweet and I do add a little sweet to my sweet taters, um, I, I like to be a cleaner getting rid of some of those refined sugars and getting rid of some of the fats that are full of, you know, saturated fats. So with my sweet potatoes, what I do, and, and again, this is keeping it simple, is I always buy them organic because I love to leave the skins on them. Mm -hmm. And what I do is I just give them a, a cleaning, a quick rinse, and then I cut the ends, the very tips of either end of the sweet potatoes off. And then I cut them into like one inch round discs. So leaving the skins on, so that saves you the peeling. You don't have to chop them up into small pieces. You're keeping them in these nice round discs. And then what I do is in a casserole dish, I mix right in the, in the pan, in the dish that I'm gonna cook them in. Um, I use some avocado oil. I use a fruit juice sweetened apricot jam. Um, I find an organic one. You can find it at your local markets. I, for fancy, I will I will use about a tablespoon of like an orange liqueur, like triple sec or Grand Marnier. Um, if people don't want to use the alcohol, I tell them just squeeze some fresh orange, a little bit of fresh orange in there. Um, I use a little pinch of sea salt, and then I sprinkle some cloves and allspice, 
And then I just whisk that right in the, you know, or stir it with a spoon right in the pan that you're going to bake it. And then you take your, your sweet potato discs and you dip them in it and then turn them over. And you can just cover that and throw it in the fridge. And then I always say, you know, for the pan's sake, to take it out for about an hour before you're going to bake it. And then I usually bake those um, for at about 400 degrees for 40 to 50 minutes, and I flip them halfway through. But they're just so easy. They're so simple, and there's, there's not a lot of fuss, but yet they're super healthy, and they're delicious. So I, I get a lot of compliments on those when I bring them bring them to events and things. And it's easy because it sounds to me like you can make it up ahead of time, keep it in the refrigerator, which is what I like to do for the holidays. If I can get stuff done two days ahead of time and then just bake them or put them out um, on the table, I have more time to visit. I'm not spending all my time with preparation in the kitchen. So I've learned to do that over the years, and this is a great dish that you could do that with so easily. And, of course, sweet potatoes are abundant at this time of year. That's a great great recipe. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah, so one other that I I really enjoy because, again, I I really work to be gluten-free, and um, I, I don't want all the carbohydrates during this meal and you know if if you're interested in food combining um, sometimes people who have digestive issues or have a lot of inflammation going on um, they need a little bit of extra help with food combining and what I mean by that is that we want to we want to stick with if you're going to have the turkey then you really shouldn't be eating a lot of grains with your turkey and stuffing is a grain it's bread it's you know, whether you're using white bread or wheat bread, it's still a grain, and it it basically slows down, the, the animal protein will slow down the process of, of digesting your grains, and your grains are going to sit in your gut and pretty much ferment, if you will, um, which is not a good thing because it really slows down the whole digestive process. So what I love to do with stuffing, I call it the other stuffing, mm-hmm. and it's really not meant for going in the bird per se, um, but it's a wonderful side dish. So with this one, again, I do it in advance. I basically, I saute, um, I put my herbs in first. I put poultry seasoning, which is vegan. It's, when, when you say poultry seasoning, people think, well, maybe it has poultry in it, but it's really just sage and thyme and you know a mixture of different herbs. I use poultry seasoning. I use some Italian herbs, a little sea salt, and in some olive oil, and I let that just on medium-low heat, I let it simmer a little bit, and then I add a bunch of chopped onion and chopped celery, and I stir that until it's nice and translucent and, you know, nice and cooked and caramelized, and then I chop up a whole head of cauliflower into little bite-sized chunks, just like it would be in stuffing. And I throw that into the pan um, and get it a little bit browned up, um, not too brown because you don't want to add all that, but you want to get it a little bit browned. And then I will put a little bit of water just to steam it a little bit. And then I turn that into a, a, a greased casserole dish that I can then throw in the fridge. Um, I let it cool. I cover it, throw it in the fridge. And when you're ready to serve, you can take it out, get it to room temperature, uncover it, throw it in the oven for, you know, 20, 30 minutes to heat up, and you've got a sort of the other stuffing. 
Well, that sounds good. And I see so many uh, recipes now using cauliflower from pizza crust to uh, uh, roasted cauliflower. It's another way of using that great vegetable. And, and this, this stuffing here, again, as you said, is a side dish. It could be made ahead of time. It helps with preparation. It sounds easy to make. You're probably yep. only spending maybe 15, 20 minutes making it tops. Yep. And then it cooks and you're done. And it can be a wonderful complement with your sweet potatoes and your turkey. And you've eliminated another carbohydrate grain dish yeah exactly and just i i have in in my little news article that i've just written i i put you know cauliflower is a member of the cruciferous vegetable family and the cruciferous vegetables like broccoli and kale and and cauliflower and brussels sprouts and all of these cruciferous vegetables are so amazing with their cancer fighting properties so you're not only just um decreasing your blood sugar you know spikes in this meal, you're also getting, you know, a good, um, you know, fighting dose against cancer. It's also a terrific anti-inflammatory. It's full of antioxidants. It's rich in vitamins. It supports digestion. And it's also a good detoxifier for the body. So, you know, it is a powerhouse vegetable. And I think that's why, you know, it's like, you know, they say chicken's the other white meat. Well, you know, this is like the, I call it the, um, the white green, because greens are so good for you, but it's like the white green of, of um, the vegetable family that is just so powerful, and it's so versatile. Um, it can also be made easily into mashed potatoes. Some people think I'm crazy when I say that, but all you have to do is steam up some cauliflower, you mash it, I use a little bit of almond milk with it, and some olive oil, and a little sea salt, and you mash it really well, and you've got this beautiful, I use the, um, like an electric wand, I call it the zhuzhur, um, to just make sure it's really thoroughly pureed. And uh, and then I'll top it with a little pine nuts, a little fresh basil. Um, it's just delicious. It sounds great. And it, again, what you're reminding the listeners is, is that one food, such as cauliflower actually is a powerhouse of complementary nutrients and these nutrients are designed in the cauliflower to help on very in various ways and in various issues so not only do we get the immediate benefit of fiber and increase the fiber because that's really important in cancer prevention is to get our fiber up uh, and uh, in our country, we tend to go with some of the fast foods, which have no fiber in them whatsoever. And then we wonder why we have such ill health uh, seeming to to explode in a way within our communities. So this is a great reminder, and it's a great food to incorporate if you don't typically use it. I find with the cruciferous vegetables, people tend to have one favorite one, but they don't really use the others. I, I was just traveling recently, and I had a chance to have um, Brussels sprouts crispy at a restaurant, and they were really delicious. And it's not a food I grew up with, so it's yeah. a food I've had to acquire a taste for. And yes. Again, it's a cruciferous vegetable, but it was delicious. Yeah, and actually, that. you know, when you mentioned that, you reminded me. I just made a dish the other night because I also am really interested in food synergy and how um, when you combine certain foods, like if you put a sunflower shoot and a, um, a pea shoot together, they make a complete amino acid. If you eat rice and beans together, you're getting a complete protein. 
Um, well, another one is um, Brussels sprouts combined with broccoli. So what I do is I cut my Brussels sprouts in half and I chop the broccoli into, you know, good bite-sized chunks. And I'll drizzle either a little bit of pure maple syrup with some sea salt or a little bit of um, um, balsamic vinegar. And I'll oven roast them with a little olive oil in the oven and they get that little bit of brownness about them. But they are just delicious. I've had people who said they don't like Brussels sprouts will eat that and love it. And what's so cool about that is that together, Brussels sprouts and broccoli, they make a complete enzyme, which is like so cool. I mean, I just, I find food combining really interesting. Um, you know, and there's the good, the bad, and the great. So mm. tell, yeah. just tell us a little bit more about a complete enzyme. I think we hear about a complete protein that's that's out there, but I'm not too familiar with a complete enzyme, and I think that's an important point to make, if you don't mind. Yeah, well, it's been a while since I've read up on it, but I will tell you that enzymes really do help us with our digestion system, you know, the right. whole process of digestion. So, you know, it's another one of those, you bring them together, and they're even more, they're already powerhouses and superfoods unto themselves, but when you get more of a complete enzyme, you're actually really helping your whole digestive process. In fact, that's why as we age, sometimes we need a little help with digestive enzymes um, to help us process foods. And so one of the best things you can do to trigger enzymes within naturally would be to just chew. And I say, mm-hmm. even if you're going to have like a green juice or, or a, a vegetable um, fruit smoothie, a lot of people sometimes get bloating with that. If you chew it, and even though you don't need to chew it necessarily because it's a liquid, if you chew it, you're triggering enzymes in the mouth and your saliva that are going to help with the digestive process. So enzymes play a really important role in digestion. They do. And I think some of us are lacking in that just because of the toll that life takes on us. And we can go back to the beginning about stress. Stress tends to throw everything out of kilter, including how we digest. So some of these foods can at least help us reset the buttons for good health. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, did you have any any other tip um, that you wanted to mention? Well, I think one more because at the beginning I talked about my apple pie. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yes. Um, Love of apple pie. Well, this is probably my favorite. And, again, you can make it. I would not make it at the day ahead but maybe the morning of and then just when you're done with your dinner, if your oven is still warm, you can throw it back in the oven. You can leave it at room temperature, throw it back in the oven at the end of, you know, your meal, um, and just, you know, serve it warm with, and I, I use a, because I'm dairy-free, I use a coconut milk-based ice cream that I really enjoy, and um, I will serve it with that. But basically what I do, again, and, and I'll take a bowl, um, and I'll peel, I, I use all organic ingredients whenever possible. I'm really a big um, advocate for that. In fact, there was an article in the Environmental Working Group recently that talked about um, folks who eat a primarily organic um, diet are really preventing cancers. So it was really fascinating. But anyhow, so I'm a big believer in that. But what I do is I use organic apples, I peel them, I slice them up, discard the core, and then I add a little bit of pure maple syrup, some lemon juice, um, 
a tablespoon of either gluten-free flour or maybe a teaspoon of arrowroot if you're not if you don't want to use a grain. Um, I use cinnamon and nutmeg and some sea salt, and I mix that together in a bowl and then put it into a, a baking dish that I've greased with a little bit of avocado oil because avocado oil is one of the best oils for baking with that doesn't have saturated fats. Um, and it's just a really good oil to use in, in your baked goods. And then my topping, I'll use the same bowl that I just mixed my apples in. And once I've poured them into the casserole dish, I then use that same bowl and I put in some avocado oil, some pure maple syrup, a little vanilla extract, some pinch of clove, some cinnamon, nutmeg, some sea salt, and I add in about two cups of organic almond flour. And I actually get mine, I hope this is okay to mention, but nuts.com um, is a great resource for organic uh, almond flour, and I just love the company. They're family-run, family-owned, and I order it online. Um, and the reason why I mention this is because organic almond flour is so very difficult to find in the stores. They have a lot of organic, they have a lot of almond flour, but not organic. Mm -hmm. And almonds are one of the most heavily sprayed nuts on the planet. It's actually a fruit, not a nut, but we treat it as a nut in the U.S. And it is so heavily sprayed with pesticides that you're getting a huge dose of toxins. So if you're drinking a lot of almond milk or eating a lot of almond flour that's not organic, it's not a good thing. Um, so I use the almond flour and I mix it all together until with a fork until it kind of chunks up. And then I spread that across my apples. And then I throw it in at like 350 and bake it covered for probably 30 minutes. And then I uncover for about another 15, 20 minutes or until the apples are tender. Um, but it's, it's, it's like my apple pie fix. And yet it's so full of good protein. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm not getting that huge, I'm not getting all of the refined sugars and the bad fats. And, you know, it's gluten free. It's just, and it's, that was delicious. <laughs> oh, I bet. I can smell it already. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to come to your house for Thanksgiving. <laughs> there you go. These recipes are wonderful. Um, well, let's just summarize everything that you've shared, if you don't mind, because you gave us a couple of good points, some great recipes. And if you don't mind just summarizing that a little bit before we close, I'd appreciate it. Yep, absolutely. Well, I think it's three parts. It's basically... Um, planning ahead so that you're keeping your stress levels down um, and simplifying your recipes. Uh, I think the second part is bringing in the gratitude and being thankful and, you know, what can you do that day to really honor family members and friends. And then the third part is keeping it healthy and finding, you know, basically redesigning your recipes to help them up. And, you know, in that way, it's a win-win for everybody. Right. This is great. Thank you. I think that's a great summary. And certainly the recipes will all be listed in the transcript of the podcast. And, of course, the podcast will direct everyone to your site, too, for what other tips you might offer, you know, through your website. So, Jana, before we go, give us your contact information. Absolutely. So you can email me directly, and I encourage people, if you've got a favorite recipe that you want redesigned, it's one of my favorite things to do. So send it on over, and you can get me at connect at root 
two, and that's the numeral two, wellness.com. And it's R-O-O-T-S two, wellness.com. Great. Thank you. Uh, well, and Janet, you do classes as well, right? I do. I'm done for the year as far as teaching any classes. Um, for, and then in the spring, I plan to be doing some more. Uh, but I'll be traveling in the winter months for a little while. Um, and I've also started, because art is a big part of my life, I'm doing this fun holiday market here in Connecticut. So that'll be a blast. And that's going to keep me busy for the month of November and December. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. Great opportunities and great um, experiences and that you can share and through your art and through your your cooking and your deep desire to create wellness. So I yeah. thank you for that. Well, thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. So I want to say to everyone, uh, I'm inspired. I think it's very practical. I think we've got some great recipes to try and experiment with. In fact, I'm going to try one of them this weekend because I have company coming over. So I want to try one this weekend. So thank you again, Janet. Oh, you're uh, you're welcome. Your, your, expertise your advice is, is deeply appreciated thank you this is judith dreyer i am the author of at the gardens gate book and blog my book is available through my website which is www.judithdreyer.com as well as several distribution arms such as amazon nook goodreads and more and again i'd like to remind all of you that a transcript is available for each podcast Please like and share them. Let's support each other and get the word out. Remember, now is the time for practical action and profound inner change, so we value our world again. Enjoy your day.